We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. It is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo talking to you on Boxing Day, uh, <laughs> December 26th at about uh, 12.30 in the morning. Josh, how was your Christmas? It was pretty good. It was pretty low key. Um, I guess a, a somewhat morbid point is uh, about my Christmas is that I don't have that much family uh, left. So while that is kind of like a sad statement in general, it makes Christmas Day and holidays a lot smoother and easier to process. So uh, yeah, it was a relatively stress free easy christmas and holiday for the family so yeah i hope it, i know you're traveling so i hope you're doing had a, the had best a, you, can. you know like i'm i'm um lots of replacement level family surrounding me replacement <laughs> you know people i've not seen in years is fine it was fun um you know i got a five-year-old so lots of chaos and setting up and building of toys and just you know very you know mostly entertaining i will say i'll just make a recommendation off the top saw sing two this afternoon and if if there was a a movie that was like pure like like laughing and entertaining like it was really fun i i recommend it for for anyone um what i don't recommend is the dallas mavericks replacement level players playing against the utah jazz Though all things considered, they fell tw- uh, uh, 116, or I'm sorry, 120 to 116 to the Utah Jazz. It was an entertaining game that had no business being as entertaining as it is. And I find myself just so frustrated. What do you, what, so, so talk to me about what you saw because, like, I, 
they play like I would have much rather them gotten the shit beaten out of them. And instead they played the Jazz, who are two packs of ass. I don't want to hear them about being an NBA final contender. You're a shit show of a team. You're gonna be embarrassed in the playoffs. Go away, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Talk to me, Josh. Uh I mean they I the fact that they didn't lose by 27 is is a remarkable achievement. I mean, this game was in Utah and the crowd was like pretty jacked up. Uh so like the fact that they Control. I mean, they outscored the Jazz. I mean, they got out to like a 30 to 19 lead. I mean, they played pretty impressive basketball for, I feel like, at least, you know, about half or so of this game. Second quarter was bad and fourth quarter was bad. So I don't know. It's, it's weird. Like, this was a very competitive game and I'm not like upset by it. No. This was penciled in as a loss. There yes. are some things that upset me about it in terms of some of the regular guys. Um, we'll, we'll get to that of course, but like, um, because there's only, there's only, there's literally only like two or three of them playing right now. So I mean, yeah, cause, guess cause... Who, who it was, but, but I mean, they, they were feisty. I mean, they were just, it's kind of what we've been talking about. I know we didn't talk last pod, but it's kind of the thing that our site has been echoing for the last, since this all started and new it's, is fun. Yeah. New. Yes. New is fun. I mean, I, so for, for those of you who might have chosen to go to bed or partaken in some other form of Christmas cheer, Dorian Finney-Smith was ruled out late um, because one reason or another, I think it was like sickness that was non-COVID related. Chris Tapps Porzingis was waved in, which basically meant that the Mavericks were now playing with, uh, they basically subbed one rotation player out for another so they still only had three of their probably top eight or nine rotation guys in brunson porzingis and powell with um sterling brown playing some minutes uh by some minutes i mean 28 good yeah. Christ. uh frank nilakina played 35 minutes like gosh i mean uh, charlie brown played for the mavericks tonight that was something um it was, I mean, it was truly as weird as I could have, like, when I anticipated weird Christmas game, I, this was sort of what I had hoped for, but like the best possible outcome. Like, my family was watching it with many people who have no idea about the Mavericks, and like, the commentary from non-Mavs fans when watching these sorts of stuff really stands out, but like, I, no one was bored. That's, that's really where I'll come away with, and I'm like, the more I I think about this, like it was a stupid loss in that they really should have gotten crushed. And the fact that they didn't is, is about the most sunny side up take that I can, I, I can come away with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the fact that they came out and played so well, to be, like this wasn't like, this wasn't the jazz controlling the game. And then the Mavericks kind of making a running garbage time to make the score look closer than it is. Like, I mean, that's probably what, you know, if, you, if someone told you the final score and the circumstances and that's it, that's probably the first thing you would think of. But I mean, the Mavericks mm-hmm. were kind of whipping their ass for the first 12 minutes of this game. Uh, and it was, it was just surprising. And it was just more of the same. It was just guys that we've never seen before in a Mavericks uniform, just playing really hard, uh, not necessarily like, well, but just playing really hard, just like going at a different level. And, and a lot of it was a lot, you know, there was different athleticism on the floor, uh, you know, Theo Penson and Marquise mm-hmm. Chris and, and Nilakina playing more minutes. Like these guys, it, like there was just a speed and quickness on the floor that the team hasn't had in, in a long time. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's better. It's just different. And it was a fun different. 
you know, despite the fact that they played this was such a crazy game, they still only had 13 turnovers, which feels like a miracle. They only had um, 13 turnovers. I felt yeah. like there was double that. <laughs> I know. Uh, unless this box score is lying to me, I'm seeing 13 turnovers. So no, the 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 Jazz had 18 points off those 13 turnovers, and that kind of hurt. But yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, they're just like I said. It's just it's new is fun, and especially when the new can can occasionally do some things. And Penson scored, you know, three or five from the floor, nine points. Brandon Knight hit a hit a relatively clutch three pointer in the fourth quarter, um, even though he can't really stay in front of anybody. But that's okay. I mean, Frank Nilakina uh, scored seventeen points. It was a plus seven. Don't look at a shooting line. Don't look at a shooting line. Don't look at a shooting line. But like you know, like there was just some some fun plays, and like you just you know Moses Brown had some moments, even though he can't play defense. You know, he plays defense like a flopping seal uh but like he had like a nice alley-oop like there's just there were just there's, some fun plays there's Even a chris, lot chris more, brown had a run out dunk like come on there's a lot more recklessness when in the pick and roll lately and that's both for good and ill like some of the passes that the mavericks make are stupid but then just enough of them get through to where it's like oh ooh, that's a thing <laughs> i mean Every, you know, there was just a lot of, like, 120. They scored 116 points. Like, the, I don't know. It, they went to I the free throw line 35 times, which definitely mm. helped. Um, a, lot of, a lot of fouls. 35 for the Mavs, uh, 37 attempts for the Jazz. Uh, if I'm doing my math right, uh, it looks like there were 55, 55 fouls called in this game total. It's <laughs> a lot. Um, so, you know, it was a weird game in that sense. Like there was not a lot of flow and definitely more fouls called probably helps the Mavericks because, you know, back and forth game without a stoppage in play, like probably makes it harder for these guys who have never played before, played together before, like to do things. Um, but yeah, like, I don't even, like, I'm just kind of running out of, of things to say. I mean, I've got something to say about a couple guys, but like, I mean, they just pl- they just play hard, and I mean it's it's nice because I mean what we saw before these replacement players got here. I mean we've talked about it before, time and time again, is just how stuck in the mud the, the roster looks at times, and yep. and like this they're still losing, but it's a different like I I mean I I you know hand over heart, uh, cross my fingers, you know cross my heart, hope to die. I mean, if this was like the normal full Mavs roster, I feel like they probably would have lost this. They would have lost this game by like twenty five. And I don't know what that says about these replacement guys or the or the guys that they're, they're replacing, but there's just an energy and effort level and 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 athleticism that's just not around. And again, I'm not trying to say this group of guys is going to win more games in the long run than than the guys that are out. It's just it's just yeah. different. No, I tweeted this during the game, and I think like the hardcore fans who are really the only people who are going to listen to this podcast and are really the only people who listen to this game and watch this game is is i said something i'm trying to find my idiot thoughts and i said i i want everyone to have fun but the only takeaway i have during these games is that we internet idiots yelling about how wanting new players have been right the whole fucking time and it's just it's like new energy new blood new something and it, it you know would luke have made a difference in this game maybe maybe 
but you can't get this close to beating the number one team in the Western Conference, both by record, by offense, and by defensive efficiency, because the Jazz are so good, you guys. And then walk away with, hey, you know, it's, it's fine. Like, they just need to get their guys back. They'll be fine. No, they don't. They need to do something different. We've seen what the guys have given us, it, meaning the, the normal rotation starters. Like, I... I can't imagine going back to watching this team as they were before and then expecting them to somehow be better. And it's the same people and the same arguments of, oh, they're going to hit their three-point shots and they'll be fine. And it's just like, no, this is a team that is irreplaceably, I'm sorry, they're, they're broken in a way that's not really describable. Like, they're not bad. They're just, they're the same and they needed this, you know, maybe they needed this different poke in the butt. Maybe all these other, you know, guys like fighting for the jobs that some of these players thought they had will result in some different um, results. But I don't know. I, this is just weird. Like being two games under 500 and still being in the playoff race shouldn't be a thing in the Western Conference, but it is. And it's going to be one of these things that both the Mavericks and then the local Dallas media tells you, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Paul George hurt himself. It's fine. The Mavericks don't need to do anything different. It's <laughs> fine. Yeah, that's definitely one of my biggest. Just noticing it, just noticing the play, and the and you know sometimes like it's not necessarily like the guys on paper are you know like I said better or worse. There's sometimes an unquantifiable aspect of a team like that that gets stale, you know, in a, in a roster mm-hmm. that sticks together for a long time. And and you mentioned like, you can't explain it. Like what's off with this Mavericks team. Like there's data and stuff, but you talked about, you just said like, you know, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's something feels off and it's, you know, guys, maybe you're just tired of rolling out the same thing through your, like, you know, if we as, as fans are tired and, and commentators and, and, out, and analysts are tired of watching it. I mean, is it there? It's got to be in the realm of possibility that the actual players are tired of it, right? Like sometimes there's just a certain stale, and this is in all forms of like work or anything that requires like a team. <laughs> like there's com- complacency, you know, when when a group has been together for so long, and like there's only so much you can do by changing the coaching staff and, and the front office. Like the guys still have to share the court together and. Sometimes you can't describe that. Like there's not a, you know, you can't go to the box score and look at like staleness, like, or, you know, was it up or down? Like, it's not something that we can quantify. Like just sometimes a roster runs its course for whatever reason. Uh, and I'm not saying definitively this one has, I mean, well, you know what I am, I am definitely saying this one has, uh, cause I don't want to tiptoe around it, but like, you know, it's just, it's that's you know it's like how are these guys that have never played basketball together in their entire lives and and literally were signed off g league teams like days ago and 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 don't even know the plays like how are they doing this and it's because like sometimes what was you know when you've been running the same thing over and over and over and over and over again and it doesn't change and it's not getting any better like sometimes just change for changes sake is actually a, a positive uh and i feel like that's what we're watching right now yeah, I mean, and, and some of the discussions and, and, you know, this just happens when teams go sideways. We're responsible for it. We've talked about how excited we are to watch new guys, but like I'm watching this like slow progression of, oh, this is why certain players in the Mavericks are worth X, Y, Z things. And I'm just like, 
I'm, I mean, maybe it's just because of where I am in my year or where I am in my life. And like, I have zero interest in fucking arguing over Jalen Brunson or Dorian Finney-Smith or Chris Saps Porzingis. I want to win basketball games. I want for the Mavericks to be a title contender. You have Luka Doncic. And again, this is recency bias, but I've been surrounded myself in, in I'm in the Midwest, I'm up in St. Louis, and so I'm surrounded by non-basketball fans who know who Luca is because the NBA is a permeating sport. And these people are all like, why is your team not better? And <laughs> the answer is the same shit we've been talking about for three years. And it's just crazy. It's crazy. And it's like, you know, I don't want to like dunk on anybody's Christmas because like that was a fun game and I'm glad we had a good time. It's just, it's like you and I are just flat out of running out of stuff to talk about. And I hate that. Like part of why we've been doing podcasts with different people is because you and I don't like doing this four times a week where we talk about the same shit. But the fact of the matter is you and I have been right the whole time and everyone that runs the Mavericks and then goes to, and, and then the, the, to, a, to a certain extent provides information to the media is been feeding people a, a line that just doesn't hold anymore. And the Mavericks have a very limited amount of time to figure it out this year, or it's going to be another wasted season. Yeah, I think I was saying in the Slack that I think I would love like just to watch these Mavericks and maybe add Luca and just finish out the season with these guys and like trade everyone else. And I know that's like a crazy hot take, uh, but like it would just be fun, and it would, they would either lose games and get a nice draft pick that they actually own this year, or they would surprise us and win and and you know, do something different, but yeah, they are running out of time. You know, I feel like I know it's a new front office, but the, the person up top is still in charge and has, hasn't changed. And that is a guy that does not like to admit mistakes. And I feel like if there's an excuse to be made, it will be made. And I feel like, you know, COVID with Luca and KP being hurt, uh, those two things, I, I feel like that's that, that gives the Mavericks all the ammunition they need to just to feel like they can convince themselves to stay the course and wait for all these guys to get back and not make a make a big shakeup move. Uh, and I know that's that's really that's going to be really frustrating to me. I mean, there's all there, to an extent there's only so much they can do with this trade deadline, but I, I have a feeling that's what's going to happen, especially with these games being so close. I think you said you know they're. I would not be shocked if the Mavericks convinced themselves that like, Hey, you know, we only lost this game by four. If we had everyone back, we would have won, you know? And, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe it's different. Maybe with Nico, it, it it's different, but I mean, Cuban is still the guy in charge and we know how he likes to operate. And I just, I have a feeling that there's enough excuses now out there for why the Mavericks are 15, 17, that they can talk themselves into let's stay the course with this roster and, and see what happens. Which would be a real big disappointment to me, I think. What joy we have in covering this team. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, and and there's such like there's entertaining flashes. I I I, I just can't I waffle between, you know, like the Mavs hardcore fan in my brain is really enjoying the last several games and then the person that covers the team from like a bigger picture perspective is just so tired of this. Uh. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing with these games that has actually been like really nice as I feel like these games have allowed me to 
ignore that big picture stuff. I kind of wrote that in the recap. Like, how mm. nice is it to just kind of watch this team and not have to tweet to 30 different people who want to incessantly argue with you that, like, after every loss that the Mavericks only lost because they missed their open threes and, like, you know, arguing about how good Dorian Finney-Smith is and, like, all the stuff that we've been arguing about for, like, three years – like all that stuff gets put on hold now because it's like, well, they're not playing like it's new guys and they ex- like the expectations are gone. And when you have a team playing without expectations, you can kind of live in the moment instead of we I feel like after every game when this team is full strength and they lose and we just have these these ex- existential meltdowns, pro- not saying that they're un- they're not undeserved, they're deserved, but it's just like I can't. Like, I'm not looking forward to these guys coming back and the Mavericks losing a game where they shoot 10 of 35 from three and my mentions just being filled with, ah, well, they just didn't make the threes. You know, they, they played well. They just didn't make the threes. Like, I don't want to – I'm so sick of arguing that stuff. Like, I'm so sick no, of so arguing. Wrong. It's people who don't know how to do math. Well, yeah, and it, but it's all – you know, it's not just that point. It's all the points that come up when, when this Mavericks team loses a game. Like, I'm just sick of arguing that stuff right now. And I don't have to right now. I don't have to. Ar- like, no one's talking about them missing their open threes right now because it's a miracle that they only lost this game by four points in the first place. Uh, and everyone knows that, all, like, this, like, doesn't count. Like, when the Mavericks are full strength, they are not going to roll out a lineup of Brunson, Nilakina, KP, Dwight Powell, and Sterling Brown ever again. Like, you know, Brandon Knight and Theo Penson are not going to combine for 43 minutes in a game Ooh, once everyone comes back. Man, like, Brandon this, Knight, good night, yeah. good luck. Get out of the league. So. Yeah. Uh, so, like, it was negative 14. Had I he know. not played, the Mavs might have won. Yeah, he had some rough – he had some rough minutes despite his scoring looking okay. Oh, sorry for yawning. But, like, you no, know what no. I mean? Like, all no, this data feels – bullshit. Yeah, all this data feels, like, irrelevant, which is, like, freeing. Like, I don't have to worry about the long-term implications of of George King's nine minutes because he's going to be gone in, in a week. So uh, it, it's freeing. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm enjoying the games at an individual level much more than I was before. Uh, but I'm also dread like I'm dreading when this team's back to full strength and we have to go through the same narratives over and over and over and over mm-hmm. and over and over and over again. You know, like uh, I I kind of like this. This is kind of fun, well, especially I mean, with the games being competitive. The only thing we can really hope for with the Mavs, like normal roster rotation stuff, is that we are just dead wrong. That's the yeah. main takeaway for me. Yeah, and Luca needs to play some defense when he gets back. Uh, that's probably the biggest thing, you know, that we've noticed. Shuffle those but... feet, chunky man. <laughs> uh, but I, I know we've probably talked more than you wanted to, but did you want yeah. to go over any individual thing that stuck out to you from player-wise? I know you had some KP takes. Do you want to get into eh. that now? Or just I mean, it it's just this is this is going to be the classic KP game where people who don't know what they're watching tell me that he played a great basketball game. And I'm like, a superstar does superstar things, and he did not. He is a very good above average role player who gets put in positions that aren't fair to him, but he doesn't want anything to do with certain kinds of guys in the post. Like he is really good at dominating six foot seven guys. Well, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> I mean, that did happen like in the first I feel bad. Uh the big thing for me is he has made one three pointer since December fifteenth. Um, and, I mean, to and, be fair, that's only three games, but he is uh, he's a combined one of 14 in his last three games now. 
Well, three. he's shooting twenty seven percent on the year, and we just have a huge sample size. And I don't think it's him. Like he he could just be having an off year. Like he's fine. Bigger picture, he's fine. I just I have stopped putting the collective expectations on him. And then I see people who just expect it because he makes $30 million a year. And it's like, I don't know what to tell you. He's not that guy. You know, he, 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 he is very dependent on ball. Um, what do you want to call it? Like guys getting to the rim and then dishing to him. Like Luca is very good at that. And then he's just kind of stopped cutting since Luca has been in the game. Like he does a lot of like meandering and weird stuff. Like he's playing a different game than he was with Luca. And do you want to know his shooting shooting line for the month of December? And th- oh. I don't think this is even including today's game. It's here. Uh, 41.7% from the floor, 23.3% from three. Yeah, it's just not good. And yeah, He hasn't been over 50% since December 10th against the Pacers. Uh, he was 9-17. Before that, he only had one other game over 50%. That was the New Orleans blowout on December 1st. He was also – he's at 60%. Otherwise, he's been – from the floor, 35 point three, 46.2, 35.3, 43.8, 34.8, 22.2, 44.4. Uh, he's not, he's not shooting well. Um, he's not shooting well from two either, which is, you know, not great because that was like the breakthrough. I think it'll swing. Last season. I, I really do. Like, I don't know if the three point shot's going to swing though. I think something will swing though because. But this comes back to it's just like like the sort of expectations that we and then the Mavericks place on him. Like I, I need the Mavericks to stop like featuring him in social media. It's just like like you're embarrassing me and him and them and oh god. Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess he's a he's a thirty five percent shooter from three for his career, so maybe he creeps that back up to like mm-hmm. twenty nine, like to thirty by the time the year's over, but. I don't know. I, I feel like the big secret with KP is just he's not a good. He has his his reputation as a jump shooter far outweighs his actual results on the floor. Yep. Uh, because what's really funny is the Jazz still guarded him like he was a, a a dangerous three point shooter, which is why I feel like they keep giving the Jazz so much trouble. Like I feel like they played the Jazz relatively well over the last three years, and yep. I think it's because you know. They have to make the decision, do we put Gobert on Perzingis? And that means Gobert's away from the rim. And when that happens, the Mavericks seem to play well. And then the Jazz are kind of like, okay, we're going to put you on like a non-shooting wing like Dorian. And then Dorian had that game last season, I think, when he made like 7 of 11 from 3 or <laughs> something. And then like the Mavericks beat the Jazz. And it's like, okay, like it's kind of funny. Like the Mavericks match up pretty well with the Jazz just from the fact that they the Jazz still treat Christos Porzingis like he's a forty percent three point shooter. So uh, as long as they keep doing that, uh, the Mavericks seem to play this team pretty well. Yeah, yeah. But well, I am um, getting like I, I I can feel my cousin staring at me because I'm currently <laughs> um, podcasting from her room like a like a man. <laughs> um, but <laughs> anyhow, this has been fun for what it is. I'm not doing a green room. I'm tired. Um, you and I, I guess we'll be back at it Monday night when they play again. Yeah, we will. Portland. But we okay, friends. <laughs> Kirk Anderson, Josh Bow, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Thanks so much. We appreciate you listening throughout this holiday season. I know the Mavericks have probably haven't been giving you the content you want. Same for us. We'll be back when we can. 
Um, I'm probably not going to do the volume the next few days. I'm just going to try to enjoy some of my holiday. And then, yeah. um, you know, we'll kick it up again for real after the new year. We'll talk soon, okay? Yep. Take care. Take it easy, everyone. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.